Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal. What's up, brothers? This is the Hulkster here, and you're listening to 24-inch pythons of a show. Metal up your podcast. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. It's true, and this is number four, the last installment of your four-pack of Metal Tales from the Road here on this beautiful, wonderful Monday. We have just really loaded the people up with some very good sauce. Lots of Metalla talk happening today. Well, for those of you joining us perhaps for the first time, we're an all-Metallica podcast. Ethan and I are two professional touring musicians who carve out time from our busy schedules every week to talk about our favorite metal band, the mighty Metallica. This week, Ethan is on tour with Need to Breathe down south where it's warm and nice. I'm up in New England where the devil's butthole uh, (laughs) lives. It's super cold and salty and gray and sad. And um, we decided instead of doing nothing because our schedules were so busy, we would just drop a whole bunch of metal tales from the road on you. This is the last one of the day. This is going to be Ethan's conversation with our patron and listener, Matthew Leitzow. Leitzow. Which is a pretty bitchin' name. That's real cool. That sounds like a cool, like a, a, a European metal band. <laughs> Good night, Hello. Dark Continent. We are Lietzau. <laughs> Hello, Dark Continent. We are Lietzau from Germany. <laughs> we are Lietzau, Halsen. We are going to give you music that sounds like the devil's love gun. Danke, Sean. Lietzau. <laughs> now, the cool thing about Metal Toast on the Road is it's something we let our patrons do. We've covered the entire 2018-2019 uh, North American Arena Tour. We will be covering the European Stadium Tour. We will be covering the Australia-New Zealand Tour. And we've also opened it up. When all this touring's done, the worldwide cycle winds down to the, the bitter end. We're going to be doing past shows. Yeah. To get involved past with no, that, no, you got cool, notable shows. Yeah, cool. No- and maybe even some non-notable shows, just like whatever your Metallica story is. Because what it is, is it's an opportunity for fans of Metal Up Your Podcast to come on, tell us their Metallica story, describe a cool show they went to, and uh, it just broadens the horizons of all of us. I mean, I, right. love hearing, I love hearing how people got into the band, and maybe they got off the ride, how they got back in. Maybe they're Black Album people. Maybe they're sort of original four people. Maybe yeah. they're St. Anger people. It's, it's fun, you know? It's fun to hear those stories, absolutely. And we enjoy and, uh, talking to y'all. We do. We really do. And uh, normally these are bonus episodes, but like we already mentioned, we're dropping these all today. The way to get a part of this Metal Tale series is to go sign up on Patreon. Patreon's a way for you to donate to the show, for you to be a part of what helps the show grow. We're asking just for five bucks a month. It's basically two cups of coffee or whatever you spend five bucks on. German pornography. Whatever it is. Uh, what is that? Like two, three Kit Kats? How many Kit Kats? I mean, if you can find a good deal, there'd be five Kit Kats. That's true. If they're old fucking Kit Kats and the 7-Eleven Ex- yeah. is really wanting to get rid of them. Expired Kit Kats might be 99 cents on clearance. That, that might be five Kit Kats. But yeah. um, <laughs> anyway, it's not a lot. We understand if you can't do it. If you can't support us at that level, at least tell a buddy about us. Maybe mention us on your social media. I know a lot of people have their own podcast now. It's the sort of golden age of podcasts. Maybe mention us on your show. And uh, definitely go leave the uh, positive view on iTunes if 
and you can. If you can do it, please do it. We know we're on the socials. You can find us Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, blah, 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 blue. Uh, just search it. Mopey Podcast. You, you'll find us. You will. Promise. He's right, folks. He right. Yep. And uh, the, if you really want to interact with us directly, you can email us, show at gmail.com. We read these on the shows, and uh, even if we don't make them to the episodes, we definitely read them and respond to them personally. We love hearing from our fans and listeners. And uh, we're going to read two right now before we get into our conversation with Matthew about Louisville. That's Let's right. take it to the goddamn email corner. Let's do it. All right, our first email is from Brian Ward. He says, hey, guys, regarding your thoughts on drummers, I wanted to chime in. When it comes to solo artists, I agree with Clint. The job of the drummer is to accent what the artist is trying to accomplish. In bands, especially rock, the drummer really seems to make the sound. Uh, Lars has been quoted as saying, there are better drummers out there, but no one could drum, be- drum better with James. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's what it's about in a band, allowing the drummer to have a voice. That voice will influence the entire band. I've done projects... Uh, where I was I was really just a pocket drummer, and yeah, there's not too much voice. It's not the purpose. See, to me, that is part of being, that is part of the voice right there. Is if you're doing like what Phil Rudd does in ACDC, that's, that compliments everybody else. Yeah, totally. He says, uh, my band, Second Best, allowed, allowed me from the beginning to express my musicality, and it re- really created our sound. The most shreddiest of guitar, uh, guitar playing on, uh, uh, sorry, with a, f- a four-on-the-floor drummer will sound bizarre. The flashiest drummer playing with a blues band will sound equally as bizarre. But finding the right sauce with the right pizza toppings <laughs> creates some of the most memorable bands in history. See ya and metal up from Brian. Well, that's yeah. good, Brian. I agree with a lot of that. Yeah, good thoughts. Good thoughts for sure. Uh, and he's a drummer too, and I guess he's mentioning his band Second Best. We got a lot of listeners that have bands and stuff. I want to do a um, a metal up your podcast radio with all of our listeners' bands. Yeah, like, that'd be awesome. Have all of them send me like whatever their favorite song of their band is and and you know listen to them and talk about them and play them for everybody yeah let's do it uh next up we got our friend tommy trinkeller this uh i hung out with him in la uh when we were out there maybe a year and a half ago super cool dude he writes what's up boys just wanted to write to say i really enjoyed the latest episode totally forgotten how much i enjoy the year in the life series he's talking about our 93 94 episode cool i'm especially excited for when we get to the late 2000s as that's when i came online and i think it'll be a cool trip down memory lane he says, I forgot how great their performance of Rapid Fire with good old Bobby Halford was. It's always been one of my favorite priest tunes. I actually had the luck of singing it at a show a few years back at the Gas Lamp in Long Beach, California as part of Metal Jam, an annual charity show in which the participants sign up to play guitar, bass, drum, sing, various 80s metals classics, the proceeds of which all go to charities dedicated to autism. Um, very he cool. says, Metal, that's very that's fucking awesome. He says, Metal Jam 2019 is actually coming up on March 30th. If you want to shout it out on the show, which, of course, I would be happy to. He says, after the Metal Jam set, a bunch of great cover bands are slated. Ed Force One, which is an Iron Maiden band. Awesome. Clash of the Titans, which is a tribute to the Big Four. That's amazing. That's rad. Electric Funeral, Black Sabbath, Just Like Priest. He says, I think that one's self-explanatory. Of course it is. He says, and of course, the one and only Damage, Inc., which Damage, Inc. is the band that played before some show that Chris Shear just went to. Uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, yeah. And he was hanging out with our friend Wayne Summers, and he said they were sick. Yeah, they played like three hours that night or something. They played all of Justice. So if you're in the uh, Southern California, Los Angeles area, you can go to metaljam.org and check out uh, being a part of this gig that supports uh, autism, which I think is fucking rad. Yeah, that's great. He says, by the way, Clint, I'm singing the Kiss classic Cold Gin. So 
I can't wait to see video of that when it's done. Uh, awesome. He ends by saying, anyway, keep up the great work. Looking forward to covering the Big Four Indio show with you, Tommy. See, that's a perfect example. Tommy's going to come on later when sort of all the worldwide shenanigans have settled down and talk about this Big Four show in the past because he's a patron. Yeah, that'll he, be awesome. It says, P.S. I saw that the Metal Up Your Podcast shirts are all sold out online. Any chance they'll be back in stock anytime soon, hoping to buy one before the show. Yeah, we're gonna, we just did a campaign for the Dagger logo. We're going to be doing a campaign for the OG Metal Up Your Podcast logo. And we will very soon, maybe even the next campaign, will be a Lunar Satan campaign. Ooh, yeah, I got to get that one going. Uh, it's just as easy as that, folks. Metal Up Your Podcast Show at gmail.com. We might read your thing on the God Dang Show. That's right. All right, let's get out of here. The Metallica boys, we're gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Alright, welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. This is Ethan Luck, and we're doing another Metal Tales from the Road, and we're talking about Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, on the phone, very somewhat last minute, if not very last minute, we've got uh, Michael Barron joining us. What's up, Michael? Hey, Ethan, how you doing? I'm well, man. I'm. Uh, we're in the same state right now. You're in, you're in Nashville, right? Yeah, um, yeah, Murfreesboro, just outside of Nashville. Murfreesboro, okay, yeah. I'm out in Knoxville, Tennessee. So we're at the same same state, but I got a day off today, and uh, I'm I'm really stoked you, you could do it. Uh, the original person we had, I I, uh, I couldn't find their <laughs> their contact and couldn't figure out how to get a hold of them. So uh, my apologies to them, but uh, I, I thank you for uh, for doing this last minute, man. I'm I'm happy to do it, bro. Anything to help. And I uh, I, I greatly wish that I was uh, I was in, able to be in Louisville yesterday. That, that was my original plan was to go to the show. And uh, unfortunately, being on tour, I was in South Carolina last night. And uh, if if only my day off was, uh, you know, one day different, I could have made it up there. But I'm sure, I'm sure it was awesome. Yeah, I was I was looking at your need to breathe schedule. I was hoping to catch you guys in, in Louisville, and then I realized it was two days after the Metallica show, and I was like, oh man, Ethan's Ethan's not going to be there. I mean, you, yeah, hey man, you can drive drive back up tomorrow if you want. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if it, if I didn't have to work, I probably would. But. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, yeah, we got a day off today, which is nice. You know, Knoxville's a good town, and uh, I've I've done a lot of shows here before, and so I'm I'm very excited about my day off. I got you know some friends to meet up with, stuff like that. But uh, man, I would have loved to have been able to. Uh, if I had a day off here yesterday, I would have rented a car and driven to Louisville for the show for sure. Yeah. Uh, How's the tour going, by the way? It's man, it's going great. Thanks for asking. Um, it's awesome, man. All, all, the, all the dudes in the band and the crew are super cool. Everyone's, you know, uh, just treated me like gold and, you know, making me feel a part of the team. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you're hired on as a utility musician, you know, you're kind of just in the background a little bit. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. people are there to see the, the main dudes in the band. But, uh, they, no, they've included me in all sorts. I mean, even everything from, you know, when they post photos every day on social media, you know, they'll, they'll throw me in there to... At the end of the show, when everyone kind of walks to the end of the stage and you know waves to the crowd and kind of says their final goodbyes for the night, like 
they they want me out there with them too so it's cool man i really feel like i'm you know i'm part part of their camp you know like it, it definitely feels like i've been here longer than i have that's awesome yeah that's man awesome. have you have you seen the band before no i haven't i actually don't know a, a whole lot about them um i've heard their name definitely before um before i even heard it on the podcast i, I know of the band right um but i don't i haven't really dove in uh dove into their music um uh, if I remember correctly, though, I think they have a, some pretty big songs. Like, yeah. got some radio time. Oh yeah, man! You know, they've, they've got a couple of big. I, I think their biggest song is a song called "Brother," which uh, was a big single for them. They had that guy Gavin DeGraw sing on uh, on one version of it, and yeah, that was a, mm-hmm. a, a pretty big single for them. But yeah, you should definitely check out. Uh, you know, even if you just go to, you know, wherever you listen to music, and even just listen to their top tracks. You know, I'm sure there's some stuff you'll recognize or or enjoy. They're just a, yeah. cool, a cool band, good songwriters, and really good dudes. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, <clears throat> well, cool, man. Well, before we jump into uh, what's happening or what happened last night in Louisville uh, and, and you know your whole journey there and stuff like that, let's kind of uh, let's give the people a bit of your background and you know hear hear you know Michael's story of uh, coming online with Metallica. Yeah. So, um, really, um, I, I kind of started started getting into Metallica when I was uh, pretty young. I was probably about. I think five or six, uh, maybe seven when I first heard the band. Wow. Um, and, and basically what, so at the time I'm, I'm 29 years old. I was born in 1989. Um, so at the time that I started listening to Metallica, the boys were doing like load reload stuff. Okay. Um, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't load and reload that got me into them. It was actually, uh, the black album as it is for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, because my, uh, my dad, um, when I was when I was a kid, anytime we were in the car or going anywhere, he listened to uh, 105.9 The Rock, which is the local uh, classic rock station here yep, in Nashville. Absolutely. And um, and uh, I basically heard Metallica through listening to the radio, um, Inner Sandman, uh, Sad But True, you know those type of songs. Um, so that's what got me into them. But uh, don't don't let that fool you. I uh, I definitely de- dove quickly back into their back category once I was old enough to uh, you know kind of kind of through my allowance or mowing lawns or whatever, able to buy some CDs. Yeah, and, there you uh, go. I, I quickly dove back into uh, Master of Puppets, uh, you know, Ride the Lightning, all, all, you know, the entire category, so. Yeah, um, nice, man, which is, which is you know, is a very common thing for a lot of people to do, and it's not often yeah. that, you know, we talk to people or you hear about people getting into something like the Black Album or Load and Reload and, and not going back and listening to the old stuff, but, um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I did the same thing when I heard, I heard Justice and then I got into the Black Album and then all of a sudden it was like, off to the races, like I need to find everything this man has put out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of crazy how that works. You, you know, you listen, you get one album or one song, and and you're like, I have to check it out, and then you just end up loving everything. Yep, absolutely, man, that's cool. So, so was the first record you officially purchased? Was that the Black Album? Yeah, the the first album I ever owned was the Black Album, and I think basically after that, it was uh, chronologically backwards from then. So, okay. after, after the Black Album it would have been uh, justice and then master of puppets and so on and so forth, man. That's so cool. And then, so, and so uh, as far as like the mid nineties load stuff, I know you're still pretty young, but load and reload, are you on board with those as well? Uh, yeah, I didn't, I actually didn't really listen to those records until I had gotten a little bit older. I was, I think I had had my teenage years or, uh, you know, middle school to, you know, junior high. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I love the, the low reload stuff. You know, I, the, the old thrasher stuff that's always you know that's that, that's classic there's not much to say about that but to see them I, i'm a fan of when bands 
step out and, and grow and, and you hear something different. I, I'm a fan of that. Um, I think that, you know, as, as you get older, as you change, you know, uh, you've got to do something different to stay relevant, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, it's, you, you've got to do something to, to get people talking about you. And, right, and yeah. I think that Metallica, I think Metallica accomplished that, um, with load and reload. And of course saying anger is the bad part of that, but <laughs> <laughs> not for everybody. But, uh, you know, some yeah, people don't I, I like do, it. I do dig load and reload. I do. I, I agree. Um, pretty much with you and Clint that some of the songs are, longer than they need to be but overall i i don't have any i wasn't one of those but, oh my god this sucks i hate loading right yeah well, wasn't it, like that at all for me. Well, and even going back to what you said about, you know, bands, you know, kind of either staying relevant or whatever and changing their sound a little bit, you know, uh, even if it's not for uh, as a matter of re- relevance, you know, it's always a good thing uh, as a songwriter and a musician just to kind of ex- expand your musical taste a little bit or, you know, you might have a ton of influences that you've never really let out in the kind of music you're yeah. writing. And so when you change a little bit, you know, and it's pretty well documented. Those guys are listening to a ton of Alice in Chains, stuff like that back then. You know, um, oh yeah, and I would even say, you know, it's like it, those load and reload definitely sound like records that maybe they were trying to adapt to the times. Um, but to me, like, there's still no records that sound like those two from that era. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, uh, this, this may be an, an unpopular opinion, but uh, Low Man's lyric, I, I absolutely love that song. Oh, that's a great uh, tune. That it's a great song. Uh, when Clint covered it on the uh, EP. That was, uh, you know, no offense to you, but that was pretty much my favorite song from, from your interview. <laughs> That's it. Uh, this interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, everything was great on the EP, but um, that one just stood out to me. I- I've always liked that song. and and But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it's not just a matter of staying relevant. It's, it's uh, you know, you, you just got to grow as a musician. And, and as you listen to different things, you want to try to try to put that into, into your music and, yeah, I, I don't think there's really anything else that uh, around that time period that sounds like load and reload. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, there's stuff that obviously that sounds similar, and in that era, kind of like right before the whole rap rock thing was getting popular. You know, there's some bands that kind of had that mid tempo rock thing going, but I mean, it, to me, it still sounded, it still had that Metallica edge to it. You know, even some of the ballad stuff. You know, it, it's still, it's still Metallica. It's still them. You know pulling influences from from other places that maybe they hadn't thrown on records before and you know and i think too the older you get the more you know you appreciate those records too yeah yeah absolutely and especially for me as a, as a guitar player and drummer and songwriter and stuff it's like uh, even now i mean 40 years old i can still listen to those records now and be like and hear things that maybe i didn't hear when i was younger and and maybe wasn't as an experienced musician and, and touring artist and stuff like that and things still pop out to me where I'm like, man, I forgot how good, you know, whatever song was. And, you know, like, you, you know, you mentioned, um, low man's lyric, you know, or outlaw torn or, um, yeah. Wasting my hate. There's so many good tracks on those records. So it's good to know that you, that you, uh, not only dove back in time to the early thrash stuff, but also fully embraced those records as well. Yeah, I did. Um, and now after, after load and reload, you know, when it got to St. Anger, I, I actually had never really heard St. Anger until I was basically, I think I was pretty much either almost out of high school or right before, right when I was graduating, right around that time when I actually first heard St. Anger. Um, and, uh, it, uh, um, obviously I, I, I didn't care for it, but, um, it wasn't, you know, it was just weird that I had never, I'd never really heard of it when it came out. And I don't know if that's because, you know, it just wasn't played on the radio or, um, what, 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 why that was, but, 
when I did hear it, I was I was kind of glad that I, that uh, I hadn't heard it before. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those records. I mean, there there are definitely people that we've talked to and, and have written into the show that absolutely love it, and that's great. You know, I mean. That's the beauty of music, man. You don't have to like everything. You don't have to dislike everything. Um, but for, for me, man, you know, I think because of this podcast and, and diving into that and some kind of monster a lot, you know, I have learned to appreciate a couple, appreciate of, the tra- a couple of the tracks in that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I will say, you know, yeah, I take St. I take Anger for what it was. And after watching the, uh, the the documentary, of course, like most people have said on the show before, it's... I, I understand, you know, what was going on and, and why it was the way it is. For sure. Um, uh, and, and, I, and I'm appreciative of that because the documentary is just, it's just gold. I mean, it's, there, there's no, I have not seen a better uh, insight into uh, the life of a band, especially in crisis, um, than that documentary. So it's, uh, I'm thankful for, um, you know, that, that, you know, they documented that and, I understand that they had to go through that and, and why the record turned out the way it was, but it doesn't change my opinion about the music itself. Um, right. You know, I, 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 some some of the riffs are cool, but overall, it's just it's just not not my thing. Yeah, and, man, and, and that's a, and, you know, and that's all right, man. Um, but it, it is one of those things too with that documentary that I, I feel that you know we've talked about like you know they they kind of had to go through this whole era of where they you know almost broke up and Jason left and then they were going to do and. You know, I feel like it was this it was this bridge to get them to this other side of their career that where they ended up making, you know, two more great records with Death Magnetic and Hardwired. And uh, yeah. and I like that they're they're very unapologetic about putting that documentary out. I mean, a lot of people gave them crap for it. Like, why would you put all this dirt out on your own band and things that, you know, people make fun of you for and, and you look like uh dummies for doing this and that or saying these certain things yeah. in the documentary but i mean i th- i love that they fully embrace it and they're like this is a part of our history and we documented yeah. it so here you go and, and and those people who have those comments they, they can just stop listening to metallica it's okay <laughs> <laughs> or at least stop watching the documentary you don't have to watch it right? <laughs> yeah I, I, the, I think it's great uh, i'm i admire I, I admire them for putting it out and and just laying it all out there and, and letting us have that. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely, man. Um, well, let me ask you this, dude. So uh, what, what uh, number show was uh, the Louisville show for you? It was number three for me. Number three. Okay. What are the so, other, what are the other two? Um, so I saw the Nashville show here. Um, and I also saw uh, Atlanta on the stadium tour. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, so you hadn't seen them at all until this album cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I was not able to go to, um, when I came to Nashville on the Death Magnetic Tour, I wasn't able to go um, because uh, I was uh, in college. A lot, it was a combination of military stuff and, uh, and college as well. So ah, um, okay. I, I just I wasn't able to do it. It, it didn't work out. And, uh, but um, my, uh, my buddy that uh, actually got me into your podcast, uh, Mike McNeil, he's also a patron. Nice. Um, he, he actually was able to go to that uh go to the Nashville show and uh he definitely gave me some insight into it and and I told him I said you know if they ever come to Nashville again we, we have to go I have to see them live yeah and absolutely so it, it sucks that I that I had to get into it late as far as seeing them but um I'm very thankful that I've gotten to go to go to three shows in this short time frame I mean dude I, I mean I've been a fan of Metallica since I was probably 11 years old and I didn't get to see him at all until the Death Magnetic Tour so it, oh, wow. you know, and, and a lot of that wasn't by choice. You know, I, I was on, you know, I've been touring since I was 18 years old and, uh, 
anytime, you know, I lived in California or in Tennessee and it, you know, when they would come through, I was always gone. So that Nashville show that your buddy went to, the one that Lemmy came out and played with them, I would, yeah. I yeah. would have killed to go to that show, but I was out on the road and it was impossible for me to get to. So, but you know, better better late than never. We finally, you know, get to see the boys. You've seen three, and now I've seen five, and it's, yep. you know, it's it's even if it takes a while to see them for the first time, it's it's worth the wait. Yeah, absolutely. And and to anyone who, if anyone is listening to this that hasn't seen them live um, yet, I, I don't know how that could be, but <laughs> seriously, <laughs> um, if that's the case, you you have to see them live. I mean, it's there's nothing like it. It's the best concert I've ever been to. I go to a lot of live concerts, and it's by far the, the best show I've ever seen. I agree, man. One hundred percent, dude. It's it's an experience, um, especially if you've gotten to know any other fans. You know, people either through like the forums or whether it's our podcast, mm-hmm. Patreon, whatever, you know, if you can meet up with other people and, and hang out and, uh, y- you know, feel that sense of community with those people and all share that same experience together. It's, it's really something special, man, that I haven't really seen or gotten to experience in a lot of the live shows I've gone to. Yeah. 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 The community is great. Um, I hung out with some people, uh, yesterday and, uh, I'll, we'll get into that later, but, uh, yeah, it's, the community is great. If, anytime you see a Metallica shirt or anything Metallica, and you just feel like you can just go up and, and talk to talk to them. And for the most, I haven't really had an experience yet where I've gone up and talked to somebody, and they're like, "Well, why the hell are you talking to me?" You know, once you quickly make the connection that it's Metallica, it's, right? It's it's a very good, uh, very good community. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Yeah, and, and I mean, God, I mean, even just through this podcast, I mean, I know that a lot of people have met uh, other Metallica fans from listening to us, you know, or coming to our party to the, to the Nashville show. And even, even for me and Clint, I mean, God, we've made so many new friends just through this band, through the podcast and meeting up with people and, Mm -hmm. um, going to multiple shows in different cities and stuff like that. You know, um, I mean the, the God, I think the, the, the three shows I've been to since starting the podcast, you know, we've met up with people. I mean, the first, the first show we went to the Detroit show where we uh, did the live show from, beforehand i mean that's where we met sarah sobek and a few other people and uh it's just yeah. it's just so cool man the world gets really small when you're a fan of a band like this yeah absolutely which is crazy considering how many you know how many people li- i mean i guess that's why it's so small is because so many people listen to them uh right. but it's yeah it's it's awesome <laughs> yeah man well dude speaking of speaking of the shows man let's uh let's start uh, kind of diving into your your experience yesterday um yeah. Kind of walk us through, you know, who who you went with. Uh, did you meet up? Are you a black ticket holder or anything like that? Just uh, run us through the story. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm not a black ticket holder. Um, I didn't get any VIP for this show. Um, I did have the Unforgiven experience for the Nashville show, um, but uh, nothing for this one. I pretty much just wanted this was sort of a last minute decision, and uh, I really just wanted to be in the building. That was kind of my goal. Yeah. Um, and uh, and A worked out. Um, I was sitting way at the top in the 300s, um, which, you know, no big deal to me. I, I, like I said, I just wanted to be in there. Um, but um, so yesterday, but, well, I'll start with before the show. Um, the weather was really crappy yesterday. It was raining uh, probably from about 1130 on. Um, it, it was just pouring down rain. Um, all oh, the man. So, and th- there were people that, um, you know, I was watching the forums and, I had, had walked by the state uh, the uh, arena a couple times, and for those people out there that were, you know, trooping it and, and you know, got the VIP, you know, package to get the floor, and, and, I mean, there were people lined up at, like, 
eight nine a.m. Um, maybe even earlier than that. I'm not. I'm not sure. But oh yeah, a lot of people do that if they, if they have experiences and 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 you know because a lot of those experiences you you know you get early access, you get uh, yeah the chance to get down on the rail and stuff like that. When I talked to Sarah about about a show a few days ago, um, you know she was saying that her and her husband and, and the folks they were with were there at like six thirty in the morning. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. That's that. Which actually, and I, and I will say, um, the very first part of the day, the morning part, um, it was actually really nice out. It was probably about high forties, low fifties. Um, so it was, it was a little cool, but, um, and it was cloudy, but it wasn't, uh, the, the rain didn't really start until about 1130 noon. And that was when it pretty probably got miserable for those people waiting right, out totally. there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so, um, so we pretty much just, um, I went with my wife. Um, she, I have, I have a great wife. She, uh, <laughs> she will go see Metallica with me, even though it's not, uh, you know, she's not, she likes them, you know, she likes, you know, probably like a lot of our wives and girlfriends, she likes, uh, you know, inner Sandman, the big hits, stuff like that. But, right. um, uh, but she's awesome. She, she's been to all three shows with me and, wow. uh, she's great. So that's awesome. Um, that's, that's, uh, I can't, I, uh, my wife went to my first Metallica show with me only because it was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was talking, uh, I know Clint, he said, it, he can't even ask like that won't that won't happen oh i don't even bother i mean i know the answer if, if, if you know we went to nashville if i uh, you know if i was like hey babe you want to uh you want to go see metallic with me she'd be like uh no i'm gonna watch a movie <laughs> on head home yeah which is yeah, cool it's just totally um, cool there's bands that, there's artists she likes that if she was like do you want to go see so-and-so i'd probably be like man nah, i'm cool you know <laughs> but that's, oh yeah that's yeah. fine and, and, and yeah, and, and I do the same for her. We uh, she's a big country music uh, person, and um, I've seen Keith Urban I think three or four times. Which he's a great guitar player, but country music just really isn't my thing. Sure, uh, which is ironic because I was born and raised here in Nashville. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I, I do the same for her. I go to I go to pretty much any show she wants to go. I just enjoy live music in general, really. Right. Yeah, um, and, and I'm sure if I went to a, sh- a show of an, of an artist that my wife liked that I wasn't into, I would stop probably still enjoy the experience you know because of being a musician and yeah i would like you know watch the guitar player and the drummer and stuff like that and maybe try to see what gear they're using that that kind of stuff you know i'm super into yeah. it, even if i'm not into the actual music yeah it, yeah for sure it's uh it's just good to experience uh, from what i've found i haven't really been to i'm sure that there's you know people that play bad shows but i have anytime i go to a live show i, I don't really I haven't really had a bad, uh, bad experience or a bad show, you know, where things just went wrong or anything like that. I, just, right. I, I enjoy like music. I enjoy music in general. So that's awesome, man. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was pretty much my day before we walked around Louisville. Um, we, uh, we did a couple of distillery tours right there downtown, um, which were neat. And, uh, yeah, then gearing up for the show, we hung out at uh, sidebar before the show. Oh, that's a cool spot. Right I've been there. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's right next to the uh, KFC Yum Center, um, right right underneath the bridge there. And yep. um, uh, there were when I got there, we got there at a good time because the place was uh, it was it was packed or it, it was hopping. It um, but we were able to find two spots um, at the end of the bar. Um, but there were a lot of Metallica T-shirts in there, so I knew that I was in the in the right place. Yeah, I mean, awesome. It, it was and it was right next to the to the to the uh, arena too. So. Um, but yeah, we pretty much just hung out there for, we got there about, I think probably three o'clock, three thirty, Um, and we basically hung out there, had some drinks and waited until the show, um, uh, or waited until the doors opened and, 
and that was it. So yeah, because when you're when, you know um, if you're not if you don't have an experience or, or you know you're not you're not getting in early, if you got just normal ticketed seats, yeah, yeah, you, you don't have to get there early. You know, if any of you guys are going to these la- to these last couple North American dates, or even in, in Europe, if you're listening. Um, yeah, there's, if you haven't been to a show yet, there's there's not really a need to get there early unless you want to make sure you get in a little bit early just to get a, a, maybe a t-shirt, some, a couple beers or something. Yeah. But, but uh, if you're just going straight to your seats, I mean, get there when doors open and you'll be totally fine. Otherwise, it's a lot of waiting around. Yeah, exactly. And and I'll tell you, um, the, the rain, for, for me, um, I know for the guys who were waiting in line outside, it, it wasn't really a blessing. But for me, it was kind of a blessing because um, my main mission for the show was to get the... Uh, the posters. Um, right. And I wasn't able to get one for Nashville because they sold them outside like hours before the, uh, the, the doors even opened. Yeah. So, um, my original plan was to get down to the venue early and, and, you know, cause I thought that they were going to be selling the posters outside and I was going to try to get one. But, um, I was looking at the forms and I posted on the forms and someone said, uh, on there that they packed up all the merch from outside, including the posters and took it all inside. So, I knew there was no need for me to get there early um, because of the weather. They they had to pack everything up and take it in. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I knew there was no need for me to get there early. So um, I, uh, yeah, I uh, uh, just hung out at the bar and hung out with some Metallica friends and, t- and talked about the show. And nice. A lot of people that I a lot of people that I talked to, um, it was their first show. Um, oh, very so I told cool. Them that, you know, told them that they were in for a treat. They were asking me if there's any need to get there early. And I kind of gave them the insight, like unless you have lore. Um, or anything like that. You don't really need to get there early. People were asking about Jim Brewer, which I, I personally am not a fan of his opening um, act. Interesting. Um, okay. I like Jim Brewer. I, I like Jim Brewer. I, li- I like his comedy. Um, but this act, it, for me, it just wasn't. I didn't feel like it was really. Uh, it, it wasn't really a comedy routine. It was more of just like hanging out. I mean, which is cool. It's just. I, I felt like you know it's it's no big deal if you miss it. I guess that's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. I, I, I guess you know? I, I guess I can agree with that. If you miss it, it's not like you're missing some huge thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, from the, for the most part, of the people we talk to seem to enjoy it, and if you don't, that's cool. Uh, but he, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's less of a comedy show than it is. Uh, he's kind of like a hype man, MC, yeah, kind of yeah. kind of getting the crowd riled up, and and he does a great job at that. I mean, if you're Oh yeah, yeah. Even if you're there and and you're like, I don't really care. There's a comedian opening. He does a great job of getting everyone excited for the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I would agree with that a hundred percent. It's it's um for what he's doing, he does a great job at it. I just me personally, I would rather have uh, an opening band or, or some some music to listen to um, live than 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 kind of that hype man type thing. But he does right. he does a great job. So, he, so yeah. don't yeah. He does I don't want for sure. To what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, he he does do a good job, and, and and we got to see you know Jim do his thing twice, Clint uh, three times, but um, you know yeah. uh, it's a bit of the same routine each time, which is totally cool. I mean that's that's kind of what bands do, and so Jim does the same thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's definitely worth seeing some of. You know, I think if you know he he does a lot of crowd interaction stuff, and um, if you're yeah. uh, unsure about it, at the very least, you know, try to get there for the last half of his set. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and we actually we did make it for the Jim Brewer stuff, and and um, the the reason I did that is because uh, number one, like I said, I, I still wanted to try to get the poster, so I did get there, you know, before Jim, uh, like right when doors open. But um, I wanted to make it because I wanted to try to score those uh, those floor seats that they give away. <laughs> oh right, yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It was you know, 
But as you and Quentin said on the last day, it's fine. It's it's cool. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, so uh, hanging out the bar, doors open. Um, which that was, I'm, I'm sure the the people uh, that had the uh, VIP experience will agree because I've seen the forums. Uh, the venue was a complete cluster at that point. Like really? when doors opened, yeah, basically the people that had been waiting in the back, um, everyone pretty much just basically rushed the doors. I mean. People that were just just walking and just getting up to the venue were were trying to squeeze into the front. It was just it, it was a cluster. Oh, um, that sucks. Sounds like but, a, a little disorganized on the on maybe the venue. Yeah, part. yeah, it, it was very disorganized. Um, and even the VIP um, people on the forums were saying their VIP stuff was pretty much a cluster as well. So uh, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, it was pretty much a madhouse getting in. But um, we got in. Uh, probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes after the doors opened. Um, and, uh, immediately I, I go to the main merch booth, which was on the floor. Um, trying to get that poster. Um, the line was hellacious long. I was probably about 20 to 30 people back. I didn't think there was any way I'd get one. And my wife, um, God bless her. She had a great idea. She said, why don't I just go up to the 300 level and see if the line was shorter? And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's a great idea. Give me a call if you if you get you know when you start getting close to the front of the line, and we'll see who's closer and and grab a poster if you can. So she did, and probably about five minutes after she left, she calls me and says, "I'm up on the 300 level. I am fourth in line, and they they have plenty of posters available." Yes, so, nice. <laughs> so I ran up there, got a poster, um, and that was kind of that was my main goal, and so so that was that was it. And um, dude, that's awesome. Did you get the uh, one? Uh, uh, it's so the uh, the VIP one was was the Kentucky Fried Chicken one, but um, yeah, the, 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 the one you got was, was awesome. The, oh, yeah, it was great looking. <laughs> the one you got though is the one with the baseball bat, right? Yeah, it's the baseball bat, and I'm not sure it's got a it's got a skull. I'm not sure what type of animal it. I don't know if it's a, if it's a bird for for like the Cardinals or I don't know what it is, but it looks really cool. It's, it's a baseball bat. It's got, got like a black and red color scheme um yeah it's pretty awesome yeah. I, I saw them post about it yesterday and uh i'm a big baseball fan i've been to the slugger factory a few times and so it, it's obviously yeah. fitting for louisville that they uh that they included a baseball bat on that poster and it's really cool looking yeah yeah absolutely um so so yeah that was pretty much it before the show oh um one more thing i know um yeah we uh so we we got to our seat after i got that poster we we got back up to our seat um, and then we really um, didn't really look at any of the T-shirts or anything like that um, while we were there because, you know, that was my main focus was the poster. And um, But we uh, we went back to the merch stand afterwards to look at the T-shirts and stuff, and there was a there was a kid right behind me with his mom. He, he was probably about 15, 16 years old, um, maybe a little younger. But um, And they had – I noticed that they had two of the VIP posters. I guess they had bought two of the, two of the VIP packages. Oh, and, okay. Um, he was he was in line to get the uh, the regular poster, you know, the one that I got. And um, he said the stand uh, that he had went to at first was sold out. And I said, well, there's some right there. And I pointed to him. I said, I'll tell you what, I will I will buy you one of those posters because he was wanting one. Yeah, I will buy you one of those if you guys will give me one of your uh, VIP posters. No way. And he was like, sure, sure, dude, so, that's awesome. Um, I was able to score both of them. Which oh cool. man, that's so cool! So you got the VIP and the normal poster. Yeah, dude, yeah. that's rad. I got, I got, I got both of those in Nashville too. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I uh, our friend Brad Blazik, who does Single Podcast Theory, uh, he hit me up. I was in, I, I couldn't get to the venue early like Paul and Clint did, but um, 
mm-hmm. I got out of rehearsal at like 5.30, and, and Brad texted me at one point. He's like, do you want one of the show posters? I'm in line to get one. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Um, so oh, yeah. I was glad sure. I got both. I, <laughs> I still need to, I, I, you know, I left for tour not long after that, so I still need to frame those things for my studio. But, man, the, the posters, you know, if, if you guys go into these last few shows aren't con- haven't considered getting one, you should try to get there a little early and maybe get one because they're really special. They're very limited. Um yeah, I mean, if, if you go on eBay, you can see people are already trying to sell them and stuff for a lot more than they're, yeah. they're, they're asking, which uh, which I kind of find, you know kind of find a little silly. I mean, I think unless I was in like a, a bind financially, I'm not going to sell my posters. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. It sucks that people do go to these shows to buy stuff in order just to turn a profit, which is a bummer. Which I mean, at the end of the day, it's like mm-hmm. cool. I made an extra hundred bucks, but. Um, to me, the posters are just a, a great memory of the show and, and, and where you saw them and what venue and stuff. And, and again, they're limited. So, you know, you, you've got, you know, I think on the regular posters, they only do like a couple hundred. Yeah, and, and they will they will sell out. So For if, sure. Anyone who's listening who doesn't already know that, um, they will sell out. In some venues, they do sell them outside. Um, hours before the uh, yeah. before the show starts. So yeah, the Nashville um, show uh, they they uh, the regular show posters they sold out of before the uh, they, I think they sold out of them outside before they even could get in. Yeah, they did. Yep, they did. Um, and I think uh, I was talking to some of the people inside after I had gotten in for to Bridgestone for Nashville, um, and they said yeah, they said they basically had to come in come into the venue and grab the ones that they had that they had uh, reserved for inside right. and take them outside because they were selling out so quick. Yep, totally. Yeah, so, so that is one good um, reason to get there early. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a good a good way to monitor that is just hop on the forums and uh, just ask because there's people that are going to be lined up. Just ask if, if they have uh, the merch stand set up. Right, exactly. And, and you, know, you know, you might even, you know, connect with somebody that – Let's say you can't get there uh, as early as you want to. I mean, someone on the forum or whatever might be like, "Hey, you know, PayPal me some money or Venmo me some money, and I'll I'll, I'll pick up one for you." You know? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Everyone. Everyone seems to do a good job in the Metallica community of looking out for each other. So, uh, I'm sure yeah. if you're looking for a poster and can't get there early enough, somebody out there might help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you make friends beforehand. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Well, man, let's. Uh, unless you got any other notes you want to you want to throw out there, maybe we should get in no. the, get in the set list here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, start off with uh, ecstasy of gold, of course. Um, and uh, yes, I do still get chills when, when I when I hear that. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, it was only my third. It was only my third time hearing it, but of course, you know, I knew I knew it was coming on. And uh, but yeah, it was that's incredible. I mean, even the people um, that we've talked to um, who have seen, you know, 50-plus shows tell us they're still, when Ecstasy of Gold starts, they still get the chills and they still get excited. Yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, real quick, going back to right before the show, I, I don't know, for some reason, just the energy in the building before they started. Um, and it was kind of pretty much throughout the entire day, um, from what I felt, hanging out at the bar and stuff, just the energy getting ready for Metallica was just it just it was on another level for me than than the previous two shows that I had been to. Awesome, awesome. Um, so so yeah, it, it, when when Ecstasy started playing, the crowd went nuts. Um, especially when you start seeing the boys running running up to the stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you can tell when they're coming. Out. Even, <laughs> even if you can't see them, you can tell they're coming out because everyone close by starts cheering and the cheers start spreading, so you know it's about to go down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then of course, uh, after ecstasy, then right into hardwired and Atlas with the one, two punch. Yep. Um, 
Love those songs. <laughs> no complaints here. <laughs> um, are there any songs off of a... Sorry, quick side note. Are there any songs off of Hardwired you're not into, or, or is that kind of a, a, a front-to-back record for you? Uh, pretty much a front-to-back. Like, I, I don't skip any songs. Um, yeah, same. Uh, the, if, uh, if I had to pick one um, that, you know, was, is kind of that I would put below the others, it'd probably be Murder One. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, um, but other than that... Um, and really, I mean, even that, just because I say that, I, I love that song still. I mean, it's the entire album front to back for me is is top notch, especially at being that they're at this stage in their career. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as favorites from the record, um, Moth, Moth, Halo, uh, Spit, um, Revenge, Here Comes Revenge. Yeah. I yeah, mean, man. It's pretty a, much any of those. It's a fantastic record, dude. I mean, for dudes in their 50s, I mean, there's not a lot of bands at this late in their career that can put out a record this good. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and that's yeah. I, w- I was thinking about that yesterday too. Is you know when Hardwired and Atlas kicked, I'm like, man, like a lot of these bands, you know, that that are from the same era or right before the era, you know, that Metallica came about. Like you know, you look at Aerosmith, uh, you know, any of these bands that you know have still produced albums recently, right? And it's like it just compare compare that album, like their their most recent album, to Hardwired. It just it doesn't hold up. Oh no, I mean, not even close, man. I mean, I mean, I love Aerosmith. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a huge fan of Aerosmith, and uh, I mean, I think the last thing they did was like a cover record. It was just kind of like, eh, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes bands just get to a point in their career where like they just don't have maybe that songwriting magic that they used to have, and that's okay if you can still tour and play all your yeah. hits and sell out arenas. Great, go for it. But um, yeah. sometimes it's just you know the, the chemistry is isn't there anymore, and uh, with Metallica, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm 100 percent with you, and and this just kind of makes me even more curious to see where they're going to go from here. You know, yeah. what's going to be next? Absolutely, man. Well, I hope it's not eight years. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> um, a note on Atlas, um, Atlas Rise. The, I love that the the cubes uh, when they turn into those old tiny TVs. Yeah, um, you know where, where the back of them they have like the wires coming out. It, it just it looks it look absolutely looks stunning. Yeah, um, I mean the production on this tour is is nothing short of amazing. I mean the people that designed this with the with the band and um, put it all together. I mean it, it's a plus job by those people because the production is great on this tour. Yeah, absolutely. The I'm curious how much they uh, how much they had to spend on those uh, on those cubes. I don't know, man. Uh, I do know that those those cubes basically are. I mean, it, it's a good investment because um, Clint talked to one of the video guys when he got kind of the backstage tour from our friend Wes, and those cubes can be disassembled to basically make like a flat screen, or you know what I mean, like. Oh. So each okay. each side of the cube is its own panel, and so oh, gotcha. and so th- those can be taken apart, and you can make five big screens or one big video wall behind you or whatever. So I, there's yeah. m- multiple uses for for those cubes. Do you think that that's what they use for the uh, for the stadium runs? Do they just put them all together? Uh, I think there's a lot more. <laughs> the, okay. Those stadium, those stadium <laughs> ones are gigantic, and there's like five of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't think there's enough panels on those cubes to, to create what we see on the stadium tour, but um, I think it might be a whole separate rig for that and uh, something they probably gotcha. just probably just rent through the uh, production company or video company. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, all right, but, um, man. So, so uh, moving right along here, uh, Seek and Destroy is next, of course. Classic, can't yep. go wrong. 
Yeah, classic. Um, yeah, he does the whole, if you're lucky, if you're nice, you might get some old stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, one thing I love about that one uh, is uh, where he does the, the whole fake, uh, thank you, good night thing, because they used to close with that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, 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 that's just, you know, good James humor there. Oh, um, yeah. Good, yeah. Good dad humor. Great, great song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with it. Like, good old school. I mean, and and this at this point, I mean, I talked about it on one of these other Metal Tales. That, that I mean, for a band that hasn't had like or didn't have quote unquote commercial hits until the Black Album, I mean, you know, Seek and Destroy has become a hit for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's yeah, it's, it's just one of those. I don't think that really they'll ever not play that song. I yeah. mean, it's yeah, it's a it's a crowd favorite. It's it's a sing along. It's uh, thrashy, yeah. It's there's not much you can say that's negative about Seek and Destroy. Totally, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, speaking of not negative, man, you guys got so the number four slot, as we all know, has been a rotating slot. It's been you know we got Memory Remains. Um, I saw that the other night they they did uh, Short of Straw, but you got Harvester of Sorrow. We did, yeah, and I love that song. Um, I was uh, I was slightly disappointed just because. Uh, um, I had seen it in Nashville. By the way, this set list is identical to Nashville except for one song. Um, so, oh, you're right. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it, it's identical except for the uh, the first encore slot, yeah. which we'll get to later. But, That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love I love Harvester. I was I went nuts when we got it in uh, in Nashville. Um, I, I thought it, you know that's great. I'd I love the in the middle of the song he does. Uh, uh, we get a good good uh, Hetfield Yaz here. Um, uh, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> that that was cool. Um, and then when they do that pause uh, before the, I think it's the final verse. Yeah, um, totally. The verse that starts with all have said their prayers. Yeah, right before that, that pause is insane. So cool. I know, um, I love it. There's a few songs they do that on where where it's just, it's that good pause of tension. You know, it's coming, but it's like, yeah. oh, how long are they going to hold it? And then Hetfield decides to, oh, have, and then they come right back in, and it's great. Yeah. And that, and that's just perfect for that song, just because the, the riff, the drums, yeah, totally, Great. man. I'm with you. <clears throat> All right, moving right along. Unforgiven. Yeah, um, another another crowd favorite, um, popular song. Uh, Kirk absolutely destroyed that solo. It good, was awesome. Um, nailed it. Um, I think he he pretty much does that. Has been doing that this entire tour, but. For some reason, for tonight, um, or I'm sorry, last night, um, Kirk was just throughout the entire show, just nailing everything. I mean, good shredding. Yeah, it, it was awesome. And I've got a yeah, I've got a couple notes on a couple other songs where I just I really noticed it. Um, yeah, oh, uh, that's awesome. Not much else to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't. What else can you say about that? Uh, well, then, uh, now that we're dead, uh, you you mentioned before that you know you there's. You don't tr- uh, skip any tracks on Hardwire. Maybe Murder One is your least favorite, but uh, so obviously I'm assuming you're a fan of Now That We're Dead. I am, yeah. Um, uh, I love that song. I I like the the very beginning where he does the Are You Alive? Um, but to, if you want to live forever, first you must die. I know, I know Clint's not too hot on that um, from what I've heard. Yeah. Because um, he doesn't really, he, he says he doesn't, you know, doesn't really know what he's talking about, but for me, I think it's. I think it just goes back to um, James's uh, religious upbringing, and um, you know, 
even though, you know, Metallica, they do the whole, you know, we don't care what you believe in, who you vote for, which I love that. Um, right. But I just, I, I think, I, I think that's cool. Cause you know, um, the, the, are you alive bit, um, you know, if you want to live forever, first you must die. I just, I, I think it's, it's a cool thing that they do before that song. Yeah. I like um, it too. The song, it, the song itself, very catchy. Um, the hook, you know, now that we're dead, my dear, I just, yeah. <laughs> totally, man. No, I, I, I dig this Absolutely. song, you know, and, and, you know, obviously the, Ongoing discussion of of the uh, the drum circle part, you know, I, I like it much better on the arena tour. It didn't bother me mm-hmm. at all when I saw it. Yeah, um, as far as far as me for that part of it goes, the drum circle, um, I loved it when I saw it in, on the stadium tour. Um, I, I I didn't really know what to expect. I had heard you guys talking about it, or had heard that they were doing it, right? Um, but I didn't really, you know, until you see it, you don't really know what it's like. Um, I did. I loved it on the stadium tour. It was cool. It was different. Um, yeah, it was long, but it, you know, it, it was it was a fun thing, something different. Um, and uh, I do agree that uh, as far as the stadium run uh, and seeing it last night, it, they tightened it up. It was, I think, it was a lot better um, in the uh, arenas just because uh, the the production of it. You know, the cubes coming up out of the out of the uh, floor, um, and and where they light up with the. Uh, with the faces yeah it, yeah it was it was neat yeah that's awesome man yeah it's it's a great song i mean it's been a staple in the set i'm curious to see if they'll keep it in the set uh when they go back to europe i'm guessing so because it's been in there this entire album cycle um and i'm curious to see if they'll, how much they'll change the set list uh at all when they go to europe um hopefully we get some different little gems you know like when they started this north american run again you know they were they were throwing in random stuff you know like unforgiven three and um uh, no Leaf Clover and stuff like that. I hope we get some more of that on the yeah. European run. Yeah, I, I think they will. You know, you guys have talked about it before. I think Europe uh, tends to get uh, a lot more special uh, uh, set lists than than the North North America. But um, my guess is on the on the European and the uh, Australia New Zealand tour that they just announced, um, they'll probably debut the rest of the. The rest of the hard wide out the song I think there's two songs they haven't played yet. Yeah, Am I Savage um, and Murder One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my guess is they'll they'll be debuting those over in Europe or uh, and or Australia. I sure hope so, man. I would I would love to see them live. You know, you, you, even though you know Murder One, it's, I think it's a, still a good song. Uh, even that being my yeah. least favorite on the record, I mean, it's I would still love to see a live version of it. Absolutely, yeah. So running into uh, one of my favorite parts of the set list, of course, is the one-two punch from Ride of the Lightning, Creeping Death, and Freedom of the Bell Tolls. Yes. Um, Creeping is, is my favorite song. I've mentioned that um, in some emails to you guys before. Um, not, you know, just the absolute favorite song. The Die Chant is incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, not much else to say there. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a staple. I don't think, uh, I don't think they'll ever not play it. Um, I think it's uh, it may not make it to every set, you know, but I, I don't think it's uh, it's going away completely. No way. Um, There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as far as bells go, um, Rob's bass. I, I don't know if they, I don't know if they turn it up, you know, because it, it is that you know that bass lick. I don't know if they turn his his volume up, but you can just hear and feel the power of of the bass in that song. Oh, absolutely, um, man! And Rob does a great job of it, and uh, his tone's obviously a lot different than kind of what it originally was with Cliff and stuff. But <clears throat> I mean, man, he he absolutely crushes it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he still does the crab walk, and and Kirk kind of follows him around with his little hunchback uh, <laughs> run. Um, 
Oh yeah, the little the, the crab walk play tag part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Two powerhouse songs um, at the very end of of Bells. Um, again, Kirk absolutely shreds on the guitar. It, it, it's just I don't, oh I, yeah for this for this show in particular. Kirk was just nailing it. I can't say that enough. It was it was incredible. Right, totally. Yeah, man. I mean, they always crush the song. I mean, both those songs. I mean, that, that, that one-two punch is great. And I, I actually liked when they were doing the three lighting songs in a row. Then they do Fade to Black. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of hoping for, um, you know, Ride the Lightning is my, uh, that's my favorite album. So yeah. um, on some of these shows, I've been, I've been kind of wishing I could hear more of Ride live. Totally. I know they were doing the, the, the three-song punch uh, for some of the shows. I was, I was really hoping that we would get that for this one or, or the Nashville show. But, um, you know, at this point, and I mentioned it on the forums a, a little bit, because um, people were complaining about the set list on the forum, you know, it's only hits or whatever. You know, at, at this point, it, I'm just thankful to see them, and whatever they play, I'm, I'm happy with, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a Metallica show that I'm going to go to where I'm like, eh, set list sucked. Yeah. And it's not gonna, you know. Yeah, no. I mean... They could come out and throw in some Saint Anger songs, even though I I, I, I hate that album. I, I would I wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> it, you know, it, it'd be you know it'd be cool a uh, little little change of pace if they did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, from there we get uh, just like a Nashville Halo on Fire, which is easily in my top three on Hardwired. Absolutely, I hundred percent agree. Um, you know the introduction that that James does, the little uh, intro verse, um, is awesome. Oh, I love the spotlight, that. Spotlight on him. Oh, it's yeah, so it's so, that, it's so creepy. So, cool. so so creepy. Just a cool moment. A cool a cool moment for James to kind of just be in the moment. Yeah. Um, great song. I love the uh, the obey and then obey. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I love I, I love that part of it. Um, one thing at the at the end of Halo and. I didn't really know what James was referencing. It maybe I don't know if you have any insight into this, but at the very end of the song, uh, or after they finished the song, uh, James steps up to the mic and he said, uh, "He said professionals," um, but he said it like kind of a question, like like professionals. Like huh. I-, I wondered. I don't know if like maybe they didn't nail the ending or and and they were like, oh, you know, it's, he's kind of like, oh, we're professionals, huh? You know, it might have um, might have been something like that where maybe they kind of kind of flubbed a little part or something, and they were making a joke like, hey, I swear we're professionals, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but they did yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Where was that recently? Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. They 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 were at some show. They started a song. Oh, it was oh it was during the uh, Cornell tribute when they did a Soundgarden song. They uh, oh, okay. one of the Soundgarden songs they were doing. Uh, they started it and it was like the wrong tempo. And James stopped him. He goes, "I swear we're professional <laughs> musicians." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe that was it. Maybe they just didn't nail a part in the song, or, yeah. or right here at the end, maybe they didn't nail it. Probably yeah. so. Um, so the do- the doodle I was looking up, and uh, I didn't know what two the song they played before Anesthesia was called. Two Rolling Stoned. And yeah. uh, by Robin Trower, who was uh, had a popular band in the '60s called uh, Procol Harum, uh, like a power yeah, trio. I'm not, yeah, I'm not familiar with Robin Trower at all. I'm not familiar with the band. Um, I didn't know what really Rob was talking about um, when he introduced it. Um, but apparently, it, this Robin Trower—it was his birthday. Um, se- I think it's 74th birthday ah. uh, yesterday. So, so that was that was why. Um, but I think when I looked him up, I think he was born in. He's from. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to get it wrong. I think UK maybe. Yeah, he's born. He's from London, 
okay, yeah. And yeah, so yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, what does he have to do with Louisville? Because usually they'll do like a city specific yeah, kind yeah. of tribute thing. But uh, yeah, but that's you know, it must be one of maybe one of Kirk's you know favorite guitar players or something. But uh, but yeah, you know, they have fun with this thing. It's you know, it's not my favorite part of the set, but it's it's not too long. And you know, if yeah. you, if you're not into it, then thankfully right after that you get robbed, just absolutely destroying anesthesia. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and what what I will say about the the two Rolling Stone is the guitar playing in that in that song that uh, Kirk was doing was was great. Just the, the 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 shredding and the riffs that he was doing. Um, so the song was good. I just I just didn't know it. Okay. Um, and then of course anesthesia. Yeah, Rob Rob kills it. Um, one one thing about that that I, that I love is he paid he pays homage to you know Cliff's original, but he also throws in little things that makes it his own. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, um, he does a great job of it. If if you're still planning on going to a show, or maybe you're in Europe and you haven't gone to a show yet, I mean, it, this is not the time to go get another beer or take a pee break. Rob no. absolutely kills it, and, you, and you, especially when they got the, the the footage of Cliff on the screen, um, mm-hmm. it's just a, a really touching moment. You get chills, and it's, it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, r- real quick, going back to the doodle, just yeah. for a second. Um, uh, did you? I, I, I tied you guys in on Twitter. Did you guys see the uh, the doodle from the other night where uh, Kirk did some vocals? Oh, you know what? I saw that you. Yeah, I saw that you sent that to us. I, I hadn't actually watched it, um, which is it's a yeah, ra- it's did, a rarity. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, they did "Run Like Hell" by uh, Pink Floyd, and uh, Kirk was uh, he stepped up, man. Him and him and Rob were doing were dueling the vocals there man that's so you only ever see kirk kind of doing some backup vocals or gang vocals and that's it he never never really steps up when it comes to the doodles it's usually rob all the time but no that's really cool yeah yeah yeah. that's awesome uh sweet well uh kind of getting towards somewhat towards the end of the uh the main set where they kind of get into uh Mm -hmm. staples but uh next we get motor breath from kill em all yeah, um, I love that song. It's uh, it's one of my favorites from Kill 'Em All. Um, I, I, di- I, I I'm not gonna lie. I was I was a little disappointed on this one as well. Um, not that again. Not that I'm complaining. I'm just if I had to if I had to switch it out for anything because we heard it in Nashville. Um, I was really hoping for Spit or uh, Revenge. But um, right, yeah. I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to complain about hearing Motor Breath. Well, and, and sometimes <laughs> you know with with the rotating slots, it's easy to kind of predict what they're going to do based on the last few shows. But here comes Revenge was a tough one because they debuted it in uh, Lubbock, but then they also played it the next mm-hmm. night too, and then they haven't played it since. So mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people yeah. would like to see that back in the set. Yeah, and, and my main problem my main problem with Motor Breath in particular, you know, with it, with it being a rotating slot, is um, like I said, like I said before, this set was is identical to Nashville, which. I kind of thought that they would change it up from from the Nashville show, just because it's only a three hour drive. So regionally, I just I thought it would be a little bit different. Um, right, but, totally. You know, it, it it wasn't, and and I'll take it, and I'm happy. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, wasn't not, I, I wasn't not singing along. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Um, well, then uh, fuel we get, which of course is a one of my favorite songs live uh, that I think I like better than the album version. Same, same here. And you can't yeah. go wrong with a bunch um, of pyro happening too. Anytime it's pyro, it's like yes, yeah. yeah. And and you guys have talked about the the heat of the pyro. I've, I as I as I mentioned, I was sitting up in the three hundreds. I, I felt it all. I was probably five rows from the top, five or six rows from the very last row. Yeah. And I was I felt the heat up there. Yeah, so, man, it's no joke, um, dude. 
I mean, I can't imagine for for those of you on the rail and for Lars and the band members, I cannot imagine how hot it is. Yeah, when we were on the, when we were on the rail in uh, Birmingham, it was. I mean, it happens quick, so it's like you get real hot for a second, like oh my god, that's so hot, and then it goes away. But it's no joke, man. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a great song. You know, you get the ooh yeah, you know, um, of course, yeah, <laughs> just just great. Now. Um, one thing that, that I thought was pretty funny, uh, this is again, goes to the bands, you know, the, the dad humor and all that at the end, at the end of the show, I mean, at the end of the song, uh, Lars sat down on the stage right next to his drum kit, sat down like crisscross applesauce Indian style. Yeah. And, uh, and then James, and I think it was his drum tech. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but one of the, one of the crew members were as as Lars was sitting down like that, they were basically like fanning him, like cool, like trying to cool him off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just funny. And then James got up the mic and said, "Oh, Lars, Lars is killing it tonight. We gotta we gotta cool him down or something like that." <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, he just wanted a, wanted a little break, you know, a little breather. Yeah, yeah. That's funny, man. <laughs> I love that they can they can throw that sense of humor into the show. And you know, I mean, back in the day, they were like you know very serious the whole set I mean, but even even back in the day i mean you know james would interact with the crowd and stuff but now that they're older and stuff it's like i love that the, the humor they include in the show yeah same here uh, i love and the it's i was telling some people before the show um because they were asking you know how's the atmosphere is it crazy and and i told them like that metallica has so many generations of fans now it's it's really a great family atmosphere and it totally and is. they were um they were asking because they have. Uh, they were telling me at the bar that, that they had an 11 year old son that they were gonna bring, but didn't didn't want to bring them into something if it was gonna be you know crazy or whatever. And I told him, I said, I said, there's you know there's six and seven year olds going to these shows. Oh yeah, it's not like it's not like when you watch like the Damage Justice tour you know videos and back in '89 where there's yeah. like eight circle pits happening on the floor. You know, it's 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 way it's way more tame than that. It, I, if I had a kid and they were, you know, liking that kind of music at a very young age, I would absolutely take them to the show. Yeah, and and and, I, and to that point, I don't think that you know it's not just because the band has gotten older and the and the fan base has gotten older, which which you know it has. There's multiple generations, but yeah. it's also just the fact that that legendary status that they have. Like, you don't want to be screwing around and, and miss what they're doing. No, you know? not at all, man. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, sweet. So going up on your next, uh, one of your favorites from, uh, Hardwired, Moth and Flame, of course, yeah. is, the drones are amazing. It's a great production on this song and they usually, uh, usually kill it. Yeah. Yeah. They killed it. It's, it's just a great, uh, my note in here that I have is, uh, just a great all around banger song. It's yeah. One, it's, it's probably, probably, probably my favorite or it, it's, a, it's definitely in top two or three Me too. Um, yeah. from the record. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I was I, going back, you know, to pay back, going back to the Grammys. I was very upset that you know what happened with James' vocals on this song because I, I love the song so much. <laughs> um, but you know, when you actually hear it and and you you know James is into it, yeah, great song. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, this song does not get old to me. I feel like this one's going to be a staple in their set for years to come. Um, yeah, as is the next song. I mean, sad but true. I mean. As, as many times as I've heard Sabbath True since it came out on the Black Album, like I do not get sick of this song. Same here. Um, yeah, I won't. I will not ever, uh, you know, be upset about them playing the song. It's right. Just again, 
power power song. Um, I love the introduction where um, James, you know, Metallica doesn't care about the color of your skin, what you believe in, what's between your legs. We care about the music. You know, I love all of that. Yeah, um, we're all yeah. family here. Um, I, I completely agree with that. You know, music brings people together, and in a, in a time now where we're more, more divided than ever, um, I just I love that me- as a country. Um, yes, I just, absolutely. I love that message. I, I love that message that he because you know when you go to a, to a big event like this or, or you know you've got people on all sides of the spectrum. So the fact that he takes time to say that you know we don't care what you believe. No one here cares what you believe. We care about the music. That's what we're here for. Yeah, you're, you're all there um, for one thing, man, and that and that's 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 yeah. the truth when it comes to a Metallica show. I mean, I, like I don't care who I'm standing next to, and if they voted for someone I didn't or. If you know right. they, they believe something differently than me, whether it's spiritually or you know morally, whatever, in that moment you're you're all there sharing one thing that you're all into that you know and yep. and like you said, man, in the state of our country, you know, in the last two years, I mean, there's not a lot of things that bring people together. It seems so. No, for Metallica, <laughs> Metallica's one of them, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, um, and then of course James. Uh, Going to uh, going to his knees at the end, where he does the, the you know the, the guitar thing. Yeah, detunes the string. Yeah, just cool moment. Oh yeah, it's a great moment, man. And at this point, I mean, it's aside from you know the slot sixteen, you know where we uh, begin of the encore. I mean, it's, Moth and a Flame kind of to the end has is, is been the same, but it's it's still exciting nonetheless because then we get one and puppets. Hmm. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, one and puppets. You know, um, an interesting note I had on this one was again I was uh, at the top, and it's kind of the the, mag- the magic of going to a show is when you get those people that don't know what's going to happen. You know, they're not you know diehards or they're not they're not following the band as closely as you know some some others of us. Right. Um, the guy that was right behind me, right when one. Uh, even this was even after the intro tape, which I knew, you know, of course I know what's coming up. Um, but even after the intro tape played and they, and he starts hitting the, uh, the, the guitar, um, the guy behind me literally yelled out, no way. Like he couldn't, <laughs> he could, he could not, he could not believe that they were playing that song. I guess he didn't recognize it from the intro tape, but right. just hearing that, like, I, I kind of, it's kind of a double edged sword because I love that. I'm so immersed in, in Metallica now, you know, and that I know, um, you know, a whole lot about the battle. I don't claim to be an expert at all, but you know, I'm, I'm in it. Um, but, but I kind of miss that na- naivety or naivety, however you pronounce that, um, of going to a show and not knowing what's coming up and being surprised when you hear one of your favorite songs. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, oftentimes I think a lot of us people that are, are, are diehards don't often, you know, think about the fact that there's people at these shows that they may, they're maybe they're not on social media. They don't know what set list they played the night before. They don't know what songs yeah. they're playing on the entire tour. So to them, everything's a surprise, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm and kind of envious of that, to be honest. <laughs> I, I am too. That's that's kind of what I was saying. Like, I, I miss that. Because I, I remember, you know, when I was a kid going to shows and, like, you know, my very first concert was uh, was Journey. And um, uh, with, uh, of course, the new singer. I never got to see him with Steve Perry. Right. But, uh, but you know, I remember saying, you know, that that reaction of no way, I can't believe this when uh, when they started hitting Wheel in the Sky, which you know they're pretty much they're going to play that almost every show. Yeah, exactly. It's one of their statements. Um, but I remember 
hearing that and being like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm listening to this line right now, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Um, I, just, I miss that feeling sometimes, you know? It is kind of, <laughs> I mean, there, there's definitely bands out there that I love that I've gone to see that um, they don't post set lists online and you have to kind of, you know, go to like, you know, setlist.fm is one of the popular sites to go look at set lists mm-hmm. and stuff, but um, you know, there's bands I love, you know, there's the band The Living End that I, I'm a big fan of. When I went and saw them in Memphis about two years ago, I didn't go on setlist.fm, I, nothing. I just went to the show and just, it was a great experience. Yeah. And like this guy had next to you who he's going in, not knowing what they're going to play at all. You know, you might, you know, you might go in going, okay, they're going to play under Sandman. They're going to play Sabbath true, right. you know, but you know, when stuff comes up and they're like, Oh my God, they're playing master of puppets. I mean, if you're surprised by master of puppets being played, then you definitely aren't paying attention to what the band is doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, yeah, Master of Puppets, yeah, you can't, you can't go to a Metallica show and expect that to not be played or not know that that's not, you know, going to be played. Exactly. Yeah. Even if they did like a half hour slot at some festival, you know, uh, or whatever, um, whatever event, I mean, they're probably going to throw it in there no matter what. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's and as far as as far as master goes, the only note I have is uh, plastic masterpiece. What else is there to say? You know, hey, it's just a great song. You're you're, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> so uh, going into the encore, uh, because it's the same. Or it's, this is the only difference from the Nashville show. In Nashville, we got blackened. Uh, you got yeah. battery here. Were you hoping for spit out the bone? I was. I was hoping for spit out the bone. Um, and I was still, I'm still kind of holding out hope for "Here Comes Revenge." Um, right. <laughs> those, those were pretty much those were, and I know they haven't been playing that um, as an encore. At least I don't think they have. Well, when they debuted it, they, that wasn't an encore song, was it? Uh, with "Here Comes Revenge." Yeah. No, no, that was that was in the, I believe, the slot that Motor Breath was in for this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I knew, you know, the likelihood of them putting "Here Comes Revenge" there was not good, but. Um, uh, yeah, I really wanted to hear Spit or, or Revenge. Um, Battery, I, I, I love the song, but I heard it, you know, I heard it before. I heard it in Atlanta. Um, so I really wanted something different. Um, I yeah. was definitely hoping to hear it there. Yeah, the four shows I've seen on this album cycle, I've only gotten Battery or Blackened, which I'm stoked. Uh, we got Blackened, oh, yeah. I think, in Detroit, and me and Clinton Paul were obviously super excited because i'd only seen one show before that uh on the tour mm-hmm. and i got uh battery but um yeah i still haven't seen spot the bone live you know i'm i'm hoping that sometime in the future that happens yeah and uh, same here and you know i would have been happy even with blackened um even though we got it in nashville that would have made this set identical to nashville um yep I would have been happy. I, I love that song. Um, I, I probably would prefer to hear that over Battery. Again, not saying that I don't like Battery. Sure, of course. <laughs> um, there's just, you know, everyone has their preferences, and I would have loved to hear Blackened even. But, um, you know, Battery, it's it's good thrasher. Um, you know, it's um, I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, of course not, man. Well, and, and even the, the last two staples, Nothing Else Matters, Enter Sandman, you know, you know that if you're if you're paying the slightest bit of attention, you know that they close with these two, and you know, like I yeah. m- mentioned to everybody, I mean, as many times as these songs have been played and how popular they were, that doesn't matter to me. I still love these two songs, and uh, I'll still listen to them on my own at the live shows. Every, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take it, man. Yeah. Yep. Same here. <laughs> Anything uh, notable on these last two that you, that you noticed from the show? Um, and nothing else. And, uh, Sandman, of course, was next. Um, no, nothing really noticeable on, uh, uh, 
on either of them. Uh, well, I will say about Sandman, uh, you know, to all the, you know, everyone who Sandman's overplayed, you know, I, I can't believe, you know, it, it's been on the radio too much. No one is going to, if you're still at the show when they play Sandman, you're not going to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to fold my arms and not, you know, not sing. You're, you're singing <laughs> totally. every, every word. You know, <laughs> or if you hate, um, if you hate that song, just you can leave after nothing else matters. It's okay. No one's forcing yeah. you to stay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, Which man, I still love Sandman. I don't I don't care what anybody says, man. I, it's their most popular yeah. song, uh, probably second most played song of all time by them, next to Puppets. But you know, yeah. it, it's this it's the song that ex- exposed the re- you know the rest of the world to Metallica or anybody that hadn't heard of them yet. You know, and and I'm thankful for it because that's why they're still doing it. Yeah, and um, one thing about Sandman is uh, much like Bells with uh, with Rob the Bass, um, Sandman is kind of large for me. It's large as time to shine. That you when they start, you know, when when he hits that snare on Sandman, you really hear the power of his drumming. I mean, it's right incredible when you hear the power of that song too. I mean, uh, it, it's a constant yeah. to me. It's a reminder of the power of the band, how, how really huge this band is and how impactful they are all around the world. And this song to me is, is one of those reminders that like, even if you're not an old school fan or maybe you only got into the black album and load and reload or whatever, this is, this is the song that's like, Oh yeah. Sometimes I forget how huge this band is. And this song it w- mm. was the catapult for that. Oh yeah. It was, it was definitely the song that got me into them. Um, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very grateful for this for the song. I still love it. Um, I still listen to it uh, when it's played on the radio. I still sing to it. Yep. I don't skip it when I put it when I put in the black album. Um, my uh, my last note for the song is I don't hate this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great that's a great way to end the set. I don't hate this. <laughs> hey, yep. uh, how, how was the Metallica show? I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, yeah, there you go, folks. There's there's the uh, Louisville set list, or if you're from Louisville, Louisville, however you want to pronounce yeah. it, Louisville. Um, but yeah, man, uh, everybody, give a big round of applause to Mr. Michael Bo- Michael Barron. <laughs> yes. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. And again, dude, again, I'm really stoked that you were uh, able to uh, do this last minute. Um, I know we had a couple other offers of people that were mm-hmm. down to do it, but uh, I'm glad we got to uh, connect and uh, talk about the show, man. Yeah, me too. Um, thank you, Ethan. Uh, you know, I've gotten to talk to Clint a little bit. Um, I think we talked to me and my buddy Mike. That I was telling about we uh, we talked to Clint more at the party. We didn't really get to engage with you yeah. that much, but uh, so I'm grateful that uh, that I got to talk to you and uh, that I got to do this. I hell, appreciate it. Hell yeah, man! And and and, and you know, dude, obviously to you and your your, your buddy. Thanks for coming to the party supporting us and uh expanding this uh, metallica family even further absolutely man and i just want to say real quick before we go um yeah, on behalf of everyone thank you and thank clint for what you guys do you bring so much joy to us every week we love the show um and we will keep listening for as long as it goes awesome well hey our our pleasure man it's you know as you know it's a uh, it you know it's it's a bit a bit of extra work, but it, it's it's worth it, you know. Uh, not only for the the content we enjoy putting out, but to hear feedback and and to know that people are enjoying it is a uh, you know is rewarding for us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we 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 appreciate it, and um, I'm glad that you guys get some reward out of it as well. Um, we just you know absolutely love it. Awesome. Everything you guys do, 
I haven't heard an episode that I don't like. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, good. <laughs> they're, they're, that's, so we're batting a thousand. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, exactly. Well, cool. Well, uh, on, on that note, uh, it's time to sign off. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're about to hear a Patreon commercial. If you want to get involved, you want to do one of these episodes in the future or for past shows, uh, once this album cycle is all said and done, get involved with that. And uh, again, Michael Barron's our guest. Thank you so much, dude. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, brother. Later. Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more! After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion Festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows or you just saw a regular ass show in north dakota somewhere we want to hear from you since ethan and i started metal up your podcast we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories well this is it to make yourself eligible for a future or past metal tales episode please consider joining us on patreon for five dollars a month you not only get to come on the show as a guest you also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace, and adios. Thank you.